Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Betting, a Sports Garden Network production. We are your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports intelligence. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting. We are taking a look at the NBA playoffs this week. The NBA playoffs are here. I am pumped up for them. I think this is going to be the best opening round NBA playoffs that I, I can really remember. I mean, we have dynamic, big-time teams playing each other. We have two giant favorites going at it, favorites to win the whole thing, going at it in the first round. So it's not your typical first round. I want to get into that. Guys, if you want to check us out, it's Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, over at Facebook, over at Twitter, hashtag S-G-N. You also listen to us over every single weekend on WannaBet Weekend Edition. Go check out your local listings or check out sportsgarden.com, G-A-R-T-E-N, for all those listings. And, and yeah, guys, listen, I, I'm telling you now, the first round, it could be absolutely dynamic. I mean, we are looking at, think about it like this. We're looking at a first round where... People believe that Denver have a chance to win the championship. They're facing Golden State. There are a lot of people out there that, you you know, you look at and you go, hold on, Boston, Brooklyn, is that the best opening round first playoff series maybe ever? I mean, maybe ever. So it's going to be an interesting playoff series here because of the quality of teams and who they're all playing. So I just want to go and... Today, we're going to go look at some of the teams. We'll take a quick peek up and down, see, you know, who can offer us some value. And really, at the end of the show, I'll give you my winners. But the winners and my predictions are different than who I'm going to be betting on. So make sure you pay attention throughout the show. Who will win the NBA Finals? I'll give you the odds right now from the Superbook Sports book out there in Las Vegas. Well, the Phoenix Suns plus 250, Milwaukee Bucks 4 to 1, Boston Celtics and Brooklyn Nets and Golden State Warriors are all 9 to 1. The Heat, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Sixers are 16 to 1, the Utah Jazz are 25 to 1, Dallas, Denver, Clippers 30 to 1, the Bulls, T-Wolves, Raptors are 80 to 1, Atlanta's 150 to 1, Cleveland's 250 to 1, Charlotte's 500 to 1 along with the Pelicans 500 to 1 and the Spurs are basically not going to win. I mean <laughs> they're 100 to 1 uh, plus. So you look at the totality of all this and and what I think that we look at here is the Western Conference is a conference where it has massively elite teams but those mid-range teams are intriguing. They're intriguing enough to get us to start to think, hey, you know what? Maybe they have a shot. So let's take a look at the Western Conference for us, and we'll look at the Phoenix Suns. Look, the Suns are trying to do something that only 15 teams in history or 14 teams in history have ever done. They're looking to become the 15th team in NBA history to lose the NBA Finals and then win the championship the next year. Last time we saw that was uh, 2016-17 with the Warriors. After their 73-win season, they added Durant, and we've watched that, right? They are... By far and large, by, by and large, uh, by far the best overall team in the NBA from start to finish. They haven't really ever had a lull. Sixty-four wins will tell you that. You look at what did they do without Chris Paul? Well, they just continued to win without Chris Paul. They didn't have that lull. They didn't have that problem. They went eleven and four when he wasn't there, and it's because Devin Booker has grown up here. Twenty-seven points per game, five rebounds, five assists on the teams, the number one team in the country. 
the number one team in the league, the number one team with the number one player, and he's not even getting a sniff for MVP. That'll tell you something. The Phoenix Suns are everyone's kind of favorite to win, but I look at their overall value, and I don't see a lot of value. I think that there's going to be a lot of inflated lines. The thing with Phoenix is this. I think they are very, very good. We know them. They're starting to become a household name. They're starting to have big-time players, but they can be beaten by you know, pushes, and, I, and when I say pushes, there are points in the game of even during 64 wins, there are points in the game with Phoenix that you watch and you go, there's a three, four-minute set that kind of sets them back on their heel, but they're usually able to recover. Now, you could look at this as a benefit if you're Phoenix, or you could say, you know what, that's a point where that three, four minutes in a playoff game might mean something big. I think it's going to take a huge effort to knock them off and a really sound mental team because Phoenix just keeps coming after you. Let's take a look at the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis, led by John Morant. We know who, how good he is. And everyone's going to point to the fact that John Morant, when he's gone, well, this Memphis team still won. They're 20-5. and five. They are fourth in the league in offensive rating, sixth in the league in defensive rating. They're fantastic. And John Morant, though, let's not make it out to be, because they're 20-5, and five, that they don't need him. He is the key to everything here. John Morant is the first guard in NBA history to lead the league in paint scoring for a single season. He goes inside. He bangs his body around. It reminds me of a young Derrick Rose who, yeah, doesn't have long careers, but when he's going, this guy is absolutely fantastic. The reason the Grizzlies are getting no respect and why they're 16-1 to to win the whole thing, even though they are an outstanding regular season team with 56 wins and streaking in the right direction, is because of their age. They're just a young team. 24 years old is the youngest team to finish in the top two record uh, since minutes became official back in the early 50s. I mean, this is a team that people just don't know about, so they don't believe in. When you look at the Suns, we know about them coming back. And then we look at the next team as the Warriors. Well, we know about them. The Warriors, their core have played together for 11 minutes. Yeah, that's it. The whole conversation was early in the season, well, Klay Thompson's going to be back, and then watch what happens. Well, the day Klay Thompson came back, Draymond Green went on the injured reserve. Draymond stood on the court with him in a sports betting world where a lot of people kind of bet the under, and then they didn't want to pay them out. He stood on the court, but then he was removed. Well, the day Draymond Green came back, Steph Curry went down, guys. So, you know, it was not a lot of time that these two, that these three spent together. But they know what they are when they spend time together, right? I mean, offensive, defensive ratings of 92 and 85 when they are on the court together and they have the history there. What they don't have is a history of Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole looked really good. And now Jordan Poole kind of becomes that guy that you feel very comfortable filling in for Curry, filling in for Clay jumping in there. In March alone, he averaged 25 points, 5 assists, and 4 rebounds through 19 games. He scored 20 or more points in 17 consecutive games. You gotta like the addition of Poole. The Dallas Mavericks, I can't even talk to you about them intelligently, guys. I can't get into it because Luka, what is Luka? Luka's injured. And Luka is everything to this team. Luka being down just makes me say, I don't know what I, what to say about this team. And right now, nobody knows. Luka being injured is devastating to this Dallas team. I don't know if Dallas wins a series anyway with him in there, but without him, they don't have a prayer. They don't win a game without him. Utah is a fun team. They are a fun team because they're consistently good. They get better in the playoffs at times, but they just can't get over the hump. Look, Donovan Mitchell is actually better in the postseason than he is in the regular season. As a matter of fact, Donovan Mitchell is so good, he's only behind Kevin Durant among active players at playoff points per minute at 29 
Uh, this is a guy that really steps his game up, and you have to like Quinn Schneider. You gotta like Rudy Gay. I like everything that this team does. I really do. But every year I get sucked into Utah, and every year I kind of get let down. They have the best offensive rating in the NBA. They have the best defensive rating in the Western Conference. They are good on both sides. But can they win against the elite teams? They blew second half leads by 25 points to the Clippers, 21 points to the Warriors just over the last couple of weeks here. You look at the elimination game memories that you've had. They're not sound when it comes to getting pressure put on them. And I, I can't go with a team if they are not mentally sound. And this team doesn't look like it as much as I want to root for them. And same thing with Denver. Denver's kind of the same. Talk about Joker all you want. Back-to-back -back MVPs he's going to win. He's fantastic. And people saying, hey, Porter might come back. Jamal Murray might come back. Yeah, they all might come back. They are playing absolutely fantastic right now. But without Jokic on the floor, they cannot win. They just can't win. They are 16 and a half points better when he's on the floor. That's a massive number, guys. Seventh overall in offense and 15th overall in defense. They lose a lot with this defense. They lose a lot with this offense. If you can get Jokic in foul trouble or you could get him kind of double teamed and out of his game, well, what happens? They don't have a prayer. And that is going to be the attack mode of these playoff teams to go against them. Let's talk about Minnesota. You got to love what they did in the play-in game. It was Anthony Edwards, not Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns fouls out of this game. And really, the entire second half wasn't even a factor because he was just so out of it. And the first half, he had a terrible game. So Carl Anthony Towns has a terrible game. Minnesota still wins. And they win because of Anthony Edwards. They win because of Pat Beverly. They win because of D'Angelo Russell. I like this team. I think they're, they're a fun team that you could really get behind. And you could really say, you know what? They may do things here in the playoffs but they get beat by the outside shot. You can beat them, and you can really look at this team and go, yeah, it's just not a good situation with the outside shot when you're taking a look at this team. Well, the outside shot comes in bunches when you're playing Phoenix or Golden State, so I can't take them to advance too much, although I do like the future that they are brewing there. As far as the other teams in the playing games, I'm recording this before those games have gone off. So, yeah, maybe something will go on with the Clippers, uh, maybe if they win that second game. But I didn't like the collapse that they showed. San Antonio, I'm not buying into them. This is the second worst San Antonio Greg Popovich team that you had. And then you turn around and you look at the Pelicans. Well, the Pelicans are a different team. The Pelicans, since the C.J. McCollum trade, are 13-9, and which for a team that's 10 games under 500, that's pretty good. 13-9 and since the trade. But what I really look at is they are 10th defensively since he's come back. So they have really stepped it up. The Pelicans could be an interesting team, but probably not this year. They're probably looking at the future and saying, sure, we'll get Zion healthy. Let's just get a playoff series under our belt. All right, let's go to the East. Miami, the number one team. I'm not buying into them. Jimmy Butler's a good team. And if you listen to this program a couple of years ago during the bubble, I had Miami to go to the conference final. I picked them to win the East. I like them. And I still said, you know what? I like a team led by defense, but they need that guy. Tyler Hero is a good player, but he is a six man on this team. He should be the running mate to Butler. And I think at the end of the day, they just don't have that running mate. Their NBA odds are pretty good for the team. Well, why? Well, they've won 53 games. I get that. But when you're going up against duos, and that's what it is in the East, it's duos. Uh, you know, it's Giannis and Middleton. It's uh, Tatum and Brown. It's Durant and Kyrie. It's Embiid and Harden. You don't have a duo. And I like Tyler Hero, but they're not using him as a duo, so I don't like the Bulls. 
You look at Boston. Boston is a completely different team since January 23rd when they were about 500. The Celtics have been the best team in the East since there. They're outscoring teams by 14 points per 100 possessions. They're absolutely looking fantastic. The problem that I have with Boston is Robert Williams, one of the NBA's most improved players, and that one of their best defensive players is out. Now, you look at this and you, you see that the other teams are already starting to comment. Well, we'll just go after Horford and Theus, and you know, that's going to be our game plan. Yeah, okay, maybe, but this is still a really good defensive team. Number one overall in defensive rating, and Marcus Smart could be Defensive Player of the Year the first time we had a guard do that since the glove and Gary Payton. I'm not discounting Boston in any way. If Williams was healthy, I'd feel a little bit better about them. But don't forget what they've done basically over the last 25 games. They are absolutely dominating teams. I am not counting them out. Milwaukee's the team that's been there. Milwaukee's the team that I thought before the year began could win this whole thing. Giannis, another MVP type of season. People aren't paying attention, but he'll be up for Defensive Player of the Year, and he's averaging about 30 points per game, which is third best in the NBA. He does have a running mate. They are third in offensive ratings, okay? Brooke Lopez is coming back. That should help a defense, and this is what I'm counting on with, with Milwaukee. I know their defense has been non-existent this year on Milwaukee standards, but it's the playoffs. Lopez is coming back. I think Milwaukee's got to win with defense, and I think they do step up defensively. Philadelphia, well, Harden and Embiid, they are looking like they are a match made in heaven. They really are. Since Embiid has come over, they're outscoring teams by about 16 points per 100 possessions. That's pretty fantastic. Now, offensively, they're only 11th overall. Defensively, they're 12th overall. But offensively, they're a lot better since Harden. Defensively, though, they're a lot worse than Harden. They are the worst team in the NBA in transition. Well, that's a problem when you're starting to get into kind of nitpicking who could win the championship. I have watched Embiid play at an elite level all year long. He can put a team on his back. My question is Harden. Is Harden going to be a problem, specifically defensively, as the playoffs go on? Toronto, I'm just not buying into this team. Look, when you put up the names of Fred Van Fleet and Siakam and Barnes and Trent, they're nice names and they're solid. Okay, well, well, that's great. But reality is, look, they're 15th in scoring and they just don't have that guy, right? I mean, that guy, you could tell me it's Siakam, but when you're talking about Durant and Giannis and Pete, it's just they're up against the eight ball there. The same thing with the Bulls. DeMar DeRozan looks fantastic. He really does. He looks absolutely great. He's even better in clutch time. It is fantastic. But the Chicago Bulls are 23rd in defensive rating. You can't convince me that the Bulls should be taken seriously being 23rd in the the NBA in defense. They can score, and DeRozan might have some good games, but 23rd in defense is going to come back to bite them. And I say that because now we're getting into a team in the Brooklyn Nets that everybody seems to be on. Everybody loves the, the Nets. Well, they're, they are 20th in the league in defense as well. And you could tell me that they don't. Look, they're star players. They haven't played together all that. You are correct. But the Brooklyn Nets also have a year-long history where they played down to their competition. Look, game one, the playing game, it opened as an eight-point favorite. And I scratched my head. I put a tweet out. And I said, oh, why is this only an eight-point favorite? Well, it quickly went up to nine and a half and ten. And guess what? They didn't cover. And they didn't even cover the eight. The Nets now are 32-49-2 and two against the spread on the season and 9-32-1 and one against the spread at home. You could make money betting against the Brooklyn Nets in this tournament. The other teams, you know, on the play-in, Atlanta, good team. Trey Young could be fun. He could have another good playoff run, but they are 26 defensive rating. Again, defense wins championships. That is a bad defense. Well, the Charlotte Hornets, 22nd in defense, and they don't have a guy like Trey Young out there, so I'm not buying into them either. Overall, look, this comes down to, in the Western Conference, do you believe maybe it's the year for a Denver or a Utah to step up? 
maybe I could buy into that. Maybe it's a year that Memphis really is just underrated, but we just don't know because they're young. Maybe. But I see two elite teams. I see the Phoenix Suns, who have been elite now for two seasons, and I see the Golden State Warriors, who have the pedigree of a champion. And I am looking at the Golden State Warriors as far as a betting situation and saying, you know, there's some good return there. Nine to one odds is a decent return. I think that they have not played together, but they're not a team thrown together. Last year, I ripped on the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets for really just giving up the regular season and expecting things to go perfectly fine. Well, That's not what the Warriors are doing here because most of these guys have played together and they're going to be able to hit the ground running. I think the Warriors might be the team coming out, but it's very hard to go against Phoenix or the Warriors as much as I want to root for a Denver or Utah. Over in the East, to me, it's a four-team race. I am discounting Miami. Call me a Miami hater. Look, I was on your guys' bandwagon two years ago, but I'm a Miami hater. Call me a Bulls hater. That's fine too. To me, it's Boston, Philly, Brooklyn, and, and, you know, Milwaukee. And, you start to break down the question marks. The Brooklyn Nets question marks are just too many for me. I don't know if they're going to click in the playoffs with what they have. I know they have the talent, sure, but they just don't cover big numbers, which means they play close games in the playoffs. That might bite them. It is a long road to get to where they've been. It is a lot of question marks. They haven't played well together uh, consistently. I think it's a lot to ask Brooklyn to do it, and everyone's kind of on top of them, so I wouldn't take a shot at them anyway. The Boston Celtics, like I said, if Williams was in here and healthy, I'd probably be taking a shot at the Celtics. The Celtics look like a decent team. They're a fun team that I want to win. I think uh, I'm rooting for them to win. But without Williams, I don't think that this is a team that could handle any kind of injury. And he's a pretty big injury. I don't like what their defense has done here recently. Um, as well as as well as they've played, Williams puts a kind of a, a little problem area. So that's Milwaukee with all the experience. And uh, you expect Milwaukee almost to be there and Philadelphia. I think Philly could be the team. And when we're talking about value, I'm all over Philly at 16 to 1 to win the championship strictly because I could hedge my bet. But I probably am taking Milwaukee here uh, because I do like the experience. I think that there's a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I think Giannis is tired of hearing about how good uh, the Joker is in Denver, how good Embiid is. I think he's like, hey, wait a minute. I'm a top defensive player. I'm scoring 30 points a game. Don't forget about me being the best player in the NBA. And I have said for years, I think he is the best player in the NBA. Normally, the best players step up and the best players win. So I kind of have Milwaukee against Golden State, although I'm betting on Philadelphia, and I wouldn't get down on somebody betting Denver, Utah, or Memphis on the other side. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Check us out at sportsgarden.com and enjoy the NBA playoffs. We'll be back next week. You can bet on that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.